October Council has just finished and I'm here with Maury Mulheron, New South Wales Teachers Federation President, for a wrap about the decisions and discussions that took place at Council. Maury, let's start talking about salaries, which was a major issue. Last week, the department provided their award offer for school teachers. Can you outline for us first up what amounts are on offer and for what duration? Sure. Um, yes, we did receive a salary offer um, that we were expecting. Uh, the quantum um, is uh, 2.27 from the beginning of next year, 2% from the following uh, year, the 1st of January 2015, and 2.15% from the following January, the 1st of January 2016. And clearly, we had an expectation that at the very least we would get the 2.5% public sector wages policy um, that was on offer. But uh, what we received, of course, was similar to what TAFE teachers received, uh, which is a discounted... Ah, uh, so this is discounted for the superannuation guarantee levy increases, is that Absolutely. right? Absolutely, and, uh, and people who have been following this in the media will know that the state government has been uh, trying to uh, attempt to discount uh, their 2.5% public sector wages policy with the superannuation guarantee levy that the federal government enacted some time ago. And despite having a full bench of the commission say, no, that's not fair, and despite having the upper house of the New South Wales Parliament saying, no, that's not right, uh, the government seems to be determined to try and push it through. Uh, and But we're confident that it won't, uh, it won't uh, be accepted, even though there will be a hearing in uh, mid-November where an economic argument will be put to Justice Boland we believe that um, that it will fail uh, mm -hmm. any test and uh, we have an expectation that it will revert to the 2.5. But of course, we don't know that yet until we actually see what happens in that, uh, that IRC hearing in a few weeks' time. Right. And in their offer, we understand that they made some other proposals for what they're calling additional reforms, which fit together with other policy announcements like the the RAM resource allocation model that was announced last week, their great teaching inspired learning, their local schools, local decisions policies. Let's talk about each and mm. what council thinks about the offer overall. Sure. So if we talk first about the proposed um, proposal for a standards-based remuneration um, structure for classroom teachers, what's that about? Well, look, and just be, I'll preface it by saying that we also need to understand that the the conditions in the award have been largely um, uh, preserved. So right. there is no change to conditions. So we're looking at additional uh, matters that we have known, well, since the announcement of local schools, local decisions last year, were going to be put to the union. And you're right to talk about these, what they call the standards-based remuneration structure for classroom teachers. This is, uh, was a position that they put uh, in, out in that document last year, local schools, local decisions, and it was to say that, uh, that uh, instead of there being uh, uh, pay based on experience, that they would pay teachers according to um, the standards, effectively the institute standards. We uh, have spent some time over the last uh, 12 months or more putting back to the government that you need um, to be paying teachers according to uh, experience, steps, mm -hmm. increments, whatever you want to call them, uh, but there should not be hard barriers, um, that we should be encouraging teachers to come, young people to come into teaching and then attempting to retain them by having them progress through a salary uh, structure. 
that mm-hmm. rewards them for remaining um, in the service. Uh, so that uh, that is where that sits. So it's a standards-based according institute. I'm, we know now in the offer, and the offer is in a very early embryonic right. stage. Uh, we've got very little real detail, and we've got quite a number of scheduled meetings before as we will be really starting to discuss this. We know that there will be, um, fortunately, steps um, that will be automatic, that will be, of course, uh, uh, rewarding for people to re- uh, to remain in the um, mm-hmm. in the in the in the, the pay scheme, but uh, and the real hard barrier barrier only exists above the top of the scale where they've got this new position called uh, that'll be uh, according to the high accomplished um, teacher. Um, accreditation process, mm-hmm. so that'll be a new, new, uh, if you like, um, uh, classification that right. sits above the top of the scale. Um, the detail will be, we'll be providing the detail to members once we get it and we uh, and we enter into the negotiation. So that's what the standard based right. uh, remuneration structure uh, would look like. Right. Okay. And. If we take a moment to um, remind people that the Minister announced this week their new resource allocation model, Mm. um, that's also coming into the salaries in the area of principal classifications, I understand, or the proposal is that it it, um, come in. The Federation made a statement about RAM last week. Can Mm. you just remind us what Federation had to say about the Minister's announcement? Sure. You're right, Sally, to to link it to the Principal's classification. The RAM model, the resource allocation model, is the what Treasury has been after for a long time as a new way of uh, putting school um, funding into schools' budgets, and uh, we've always opposed that concept because it's a it's a model that is a mechanism that is quite con- con- where where you take the certainty of funding based on uh, enrolments and other programs to one where Treasury determines ultimately what's going to be provided mm. in mm. in your um, in your school budget, and you put the responsibility on the on the principal there for to have to manage that, then that's all very well if you've got increased funding, which we will be getting under Gonski. But what happens, as we have seen in other states, where the tap gets turned off, gets turned the other way. It's Mm. a mechanism that cuts both ways. And uh, we've seen situations where where they've brought in the notion of an absolute local budget, uh, where it's being used by Treasury to actually reduce funding to school. So we're opposed to the structure and the concept. Uh, where it fits into the salaries, of course, is it's going to be used as a measure of school complexity. Mm. That is, um, when they change the principal classification system, you, we, at the moment we've got primary classification and high school classification. They're intending to have uh, one set of classification. Um, and then rather than have uh, that on school size or school enrolment, they would have it on school complexity, which they can only measure really mm. uh, by the size of this resource allocation model, so this that RAM. So take into account not only the number of students in the school, but the demographics of the school yes. and indices around um, poverty and... Uh, and, 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 the, and and the complexity of the programs that the school right. might be running because there could be a whole lot of um, loadings to do with Indigenous students, okay. uh, NESB, students with disability, that would require much more additional and complex... Um, um, uh, workload that a principal would have to manage, and so so we have some sympathy for the notion that school complexity um, and and principal classification uh, might be one that you could determine that. Uh, but at the moment, we have, do have some prob- 
uh, problems with the, the, what they've put before so us. It and, sounds like there's quite a bit of discussion uh, to pass between the parties before there's anything that's right and, about that. and I think at this stage the membership need to understand that uh, we haven't really even started formal negotiations mm -hmm. other than have two fairly brief meetings where the documentation was provided to us in the, in the over the last few days and just a very quick explanation of what they meant by the documentation we now of course have got a number of scheduled meetings where we will actually then need to tease out exactly what they mean and of course the Therefore, to put a counter proposal mm -hmm. where we where we have some very serious concerns, what we would be uh, putting back to them, uh, but we'll be spending the first meetings, of course, seeking much more additional information around the costings. Mm -hmm. um, there's a whole lot of areas that uh, where they're where they're silent on a whole lot of issues to do with casual teachers and temporary teachers and right. other pay scales. There's a lot of information we still have before we can even begin to start to see what our response is going to be. Okay. And finally, the proposal for a revised performance and teacher improvement scheme um, has appeared in the offer as well. And I suppose that's another one where much more detail is needed. Sure. And this is an area that is always a sensitive area because we're going to uh, teacher um, uh, efficiency. And um, but uh, we do have a position that um, that uh, there's been a whole lot of over the years there's been a whole lot of issues uh, of concern that's been raised about the current model. Um, it's worked well in some places, but in other areas there's been um, a whole lot of uh, concern. So we hope to negotiate uh, a, a revised teacher efficiency program or process right. that um, can be measured uh, in terms of being fair. And transparent, but and rigorous. Right. We're we're not about defending um, uh, uh, people just for the sake of being uh, defending people. We we do believe in high standards, and we do believe in processes that do that, that does address uh, efficiency and performance issues. Um, and uh, so we would want a system that does that. But we will certainly be negotiating that with the, with the, with the department and we'll be doing that in good faith, hopefully, and we'll come up with a system that uh, will be a, a, a great improvement on what we've got to date. Okay, great. Uh, turning to TAFE. Yes. Um, obviously, the TAFE salaries were settled with the AEU New South Wales branch when the members mm. voted to accept the enterprise agreement. I noticed that council, a lot of people looking very resplendent in their new Stop TAFE Cuts t-shirts. Yes. So obviously there's a TAFE campaign afoot. Can you just update us about what's happening with that? Yes. As you know, with TAFE, there's been a whole lot of concerns. We, we, we've now settled the uh, enterprise bargain agreement, the EBA, the salary increase has now become a settled matter. There's going to be a lot of work we can do with the with TAFE around that we're now part of a joint management committee that's going to oversee that and uh, um, watch this space on that issue the other issue of course is the direct cuts that has happened through budget cuts the labor mm -hmm. expense cap that's a real concern where we literally have members um, uh, teachers being uh, made redundant mm -hmm. and that's clearly um, a, a very difficult situation that will lead to a lessening of what TAFE provides the community but the third area of course uh, of, of concern is around a policy called smart and skilled which is due to come in July next year July 2014 yeah. that is essentially where TAFE will be effectively privatized 
of vet education will be privatised because what will happen is that TAFE will be disregarded as one other provider mm-hmm. on a mar- in a market. And, and so, we've seen that in other states already. Oh, absolutely. We? We've seen other states. We've seen it in the adult migrant English service. We've seen it in preschools where these for-profit providers come in. Uh, they get public funds, taxpayers' money. They even get access uh, at times to, to the, to the TAFE, public TAFE colleges mm. to run a for-profit business where TAFE was doing that and uh, where they can actually then um, grow. And we've seen the proliferation. There are um, somewhere over 5,000 fibre providers now, and we believe that will mushroom um, after Smart and Skilled. And the other thing that concerns with Smart and Skilled, of course, is that um, it puts the onus uh, on the individual student to start meeting the cost. So it shifts the cost burden from a government obligation to provide a well-funded mm. vet, vet uh, uh, service or vet training opportunities to one where the individual student and or their parent mm-hmm. uh, now have to pay uh, for that skills and that qualification. And um, that will lock a lot of young people at a time of very high youth unemployment uh, to be going that, that way to put some barriers in place for young people to gain access to TAFE is a concern. So the TAFE uh, teachers are not taking this lying down in the T-shirt you referred to a part of the Stop TAFE Cuts campaign. There is a Stop TAFE Cuts website, which we mm-hmm. urge people to sign up for where they can keep abreast of the so campaign. So just Google Stop TAFE Cuts or yes, one word? absolutely. Yeah. And uh, they can uh, get access. They can fire off emails to politicians and they can keep uh, keep on top of the campaign. I understand they were quite a presence in the Miranda, the recent state by-election in Miranda, where uh, uh, there was a huge swing against the government. Oh, absolutely. And the in, in fact, the successful candidate, Barry Collier, in... in, uh, in uh, the wash-up of that election uh, mentioned the fire brigade uh, because of the loss of um, services in uh, in the area uh, fire stations. But he also quite clearly said, and uh, we also believe that the um, the cuts to TAFE mm-hmm. have had a big impact in this community, and the community are very aware of it and are very angry about it. So we're going to try and appeal to the state government to review where they're going with TAFE. Mm. Uh, once you lose TAFE as an institution. There's essentially no rebuilding it. Mm-hmm. Once it's lost to for-profit providers and there's a massive profit m- motive, um, then the capacity for governments to reclaim that uh, that area uh, is really gone. Yeah. So this is this is this is very radical, extreme policy that we believe will have a, a, a permanent and historical detrimental effect on provision of public education. Well, radical and historical policy, I suppose, neatly brings us to probably our final point for discussion. It was the first council since the election of the Abbott government, and both Abbott and Education Minister Christopher Pine have refused to guarantee the full six years of Gonski yes. funding. Obviously, this campaign, as you reported to council and council are overwhelmingly Mm. in agreement with, cannot stop. What's the next milestone or milestones in that campaign? What are we heading towards next? Well, look, the um, as you know, uh, and as you said, there's a a six-year agreement. That is that the states that signed up signed up for a six-year agreement, a transition agreement. That will take six years to get close to the school resource standard line. 
And so all the funding has been predicated on bringing schools up to a standard over a six-year period. And the way the, the funding is structured is that really the, the real money, the big money, mm. is in years five and six. And so just, for instance, in New South Wales, by way of example, in public schools next year, it's about an additional $115 million. Mm-hmm. In year five... Um, the that's fifth year. additional to current funding. Yes, that's a, a, what we call additionality or yep. additional Gonski funding yep. over and above. But by year five, that $115 million will have grown, I think it's about $1.1 uh, Yeah. Additional funding. Additional. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then about $1.3 billion the, the sixth year, the following year. You see about... And then se- the tap doesn't turn off. That, that's continues. right. And yeah. so the 70% of the money is in years five and six. So to promise years, uh, uh, four, first four years is really um, shortchanging as considerably. And so the first real milestone to go to your question is next May, mm-hmm. where the federal budget will be brought down. And it is in that budget that the next four years will have to be budgeted for. And by that stage, the fifth year will will be be in that four year. So we will know in May next year whether this government is fair dinkum uh, in in terms of saying they support the Gonski model. Right. Because if they don't fund the fifth year in next May, then we know that they're turning their backs on it. Right. And uh, so what we have to do, uh, we've got over 100,000 people have signed up for the I Give a Gonski website and we're taking more names every day. That's nationally? Nationally. And right. the I Give a Gonski website, if they Google I Give a Gonski, it'll, it'll go straight to that homepage and uh, and that's a way they can keep abreast of that, uh, that campaign. But of that 100,000, I'm led to believe that the majority of those people are actually not members of the teachers' unions. Mm-hmm. And it's actually citizens, and com- right. members of the community. So I think there is now, for the first time, a substantial social movement around schools funding that isn't probably not going to go away yep. in the foreseeable future. Uh, it's unfinished business in terms of Gonski. So what we'll be doing this uh, this term will be uh, working to develop a new strategy in the build-up to the May budget next year. Fantastic. Well, I think that's a wrap for council. That was a pretty full agenda. That's a big, it was a big day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Sally. Maury. Thanks, Sally.